And good afternoon. It's 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. This is Finding a Voice, spoken word programming here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And coming up on the show today, uh, devoting uh, the full two hours uh, to, uh, and I'm able to get the full event in, that doesn't happen very often, but uh, I'm going to be uh, airing readings uh, from the August 6th reading in the monthly and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series. And most of the names you're going to hear over again, but uh, there are a few different names in each. But I'll introduce them a little bit uh, easier to uh, realize who you're listening to because they're in segments of four, three or four for the most part. So anyway, but here's the full list. In the first hour, you'll hear readings by Dave Pratt, Sarah Emtish, Anne Graham, Beth Marie Michalska, Corey Toke. Roger Dory, Elaine Pat- Paniton, uh, Paul Chaput, Devin G.A., L.J. Weisberg, Ken Chin, Tia Lund, Jenny Marshall, Karen Rudy, Joshua Schiff, Chris Carney, Eric Folsom, and me. And then in the second hour from, uh, it was the second half of that reading, uh, some of the people peeled away, some other new people came in, so you'll hear readings by Madeline Eiler, John Rose, Kinman. Sarah Emtige, Sasha Hill, Anne Graham, Beth Marie Michalska, Corey Toke, Elaine Paniton, Devin G.A., Al J. Weisberg, Ken Chin, Tia Lunn, uh, Joshua Schiff, uh, Chris Carney, Eric Folsom, and again me. Uh, so this, though, first, uh, the, just the usually hourly announcement uh, that occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on the show is may contain strong language but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece and as i mentioned uh, right at the top of the hour but in case you missed the first half minute or so i will be airing the full evening of the august 6th reading in the monthly and the journey continues monthly reading series now done in the round and that's why these uh Poets are grouped as they are. Uh, the first with the first round will be done again in the first hour, second round in the second, and aired in groups of usually three or four. So up first in that first round or that first half, I should say, so as not to confuse reading in the round with uh, there being two rounds. So uh, in that first half, you'll hear readings by Dave Pratt, Sarah Emtige, and Graham. And uh, Beth Marie Michalska. Let's give a hand to Dave Pratt. Thank you. This poem is called Meeting the Queen. As the Queen came down the line, I heard her say, And what do you do? Panic. The only answer is, uh, um, or perhaps, I write poems that no one publishes. I publish books that no one reads. I worry about the second law of thermodynamics. I piss women off. That's what I do, Your Majesty. 
As we give Dave another hand, let's bring up Sarah Emptage, too. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, I guess this poem is called Organs, just if a poem means ten. Okay. They told me I have organs underneath my skin. I believed them and breathed in. Felt the surge of oxygen through crafted pipes of brass and tin. Pressed the keys into a cord, unlatched valves held fast before. Stamped the pedals to the floor and swelled into a song. Wow. That was Sarah M. Tidge. Let's give her another hand. We bring up and let's bring up Ann Graham.
it has inspired some of my work, and here goes. Enter the garden. Witness the freedom of life that is there. Have sanctuary, have peace of mind, and have true belief in the things that you find. Enter the garden and see what it brings. Witness a life full of wonderful things. Give to yourself and then give to each other. We are here to survive. We are not here to suffer. Enter the garden and breathe in the air. Witness the freedom of life that is there. Have sanctuary, have peace of mind, and have true belief in the things that you find. Thank you. That was Beth Marie Mihalska. As we give her another hand, let's bring up Corey Toke. destined for future marbles. Come to me, Theseus. Press your body to mine. Strain each sweat-slicked muscle as we twist and grapple. Come to me, Theseus. Share the most private of spaces. Expel a pantheon's worth of prayer voiced to each gasp of breath. And you just heard, in this order, Dave Pratt, Sarah Emtish, Anne Graham, Beth Marie Michalska, and uh, then concluded with Tor uh, Corey Toke. And uh, up next, and that was in the first uh, session, the first half of the August 6th, yeah, August 6th, monthly, and the Journey Continues monthly reading in that open mic series held at the Cafe. And as I believe I mentioned earlier, it is done now in the round, and so it's one poet, one poem, sit down, and then pass the mic, essentially, and uh, then we'll go through the list as many times as we can, which is usually twice in a night. So anyway... Now you know how it's done and why it's recorded this way. And up next in it, you'll hear readings by, uh, let's see, making sure I was on the right page here. Yep, coming up next, Roger Dory and Elaine Paniton. Another hand, let's bring up Roger Dory.
Thank you. Um, I'm just going to ask you to read or sing the orange marks. We'll, we'll go through it. We'll just go through the first quickly. last year on a writing retreat last summer, and uh, it went so well, I'm back again. So this is the beginning of a new work in progress that I'm working on while I'm 
getting to enjoy this fine literary community. I usually wake up right when Dad comes in from work, the pinch of light, the puff of chilly air that sneaks through the door with him. This morning, though, it's not until the smoke from his rolling tingles my nose that I squeeze my eyes tight and wait to hear how his shift went. I'm hoping for the crinkle of a paper bag, the smell of grease. My stomach is at attention. Hey there, Rue, he'll say. But instead, the passenger seat thunks into recline. Beer tab pops, boots on the dashboard. There won't be any music on the radio this morning. I keep my eyes shut, trying to remember what I was dreaming so hard I didn't hear the door. Somewhere with trees and a branch way high nobody could reach but me and the birds. Someday I want to live in a tree house with a rope ladder I can pull up behind me and I won't let it down for nobody unless they know the secret password. It's so quiet in the van, I open my eyes just to squint, to check he didn't fall asleep with his sink still hanging like once when he burned a hole in his pants and jumped up so fast he banged his head and I laughed because he didn't think it was funny because it was his work pants. I gotta turn my head a bit to see him, so I shift real slow like I'm still sleeping in case he catches me in the mirror. After a hard night, a man needs his space. The curtains behind the seats are open, just a bit, where his arms hanging, long ash growing, but then he takes a swig and crushes the can on his knee. The smoke makes me want to poop, so I squeeze my butt cheeks tight and breathe through my mouth, scrunch my eyes back shut. You wait back there. Peek again and he's half turned watching me, a dark outline against a morning gray windshield. I can't see his face, but the air is still in a quiet waiting way, not the hold my breath and duck way, so I nod. You hungry? I shake my head no, and the air stays still, so I know it was the right answer. I bet you got a pee, though. As soon as he says it, I feel a little dribble and stuff my hand quick between my legs. He sounds like he's smiling, though, so I sit up and he digs around under the seat with a thunder bucket. Here you go. He pushes the curtain out of his way and sets it on the floor, takes the lid off. I squeeze tight. I gotta make the dribble stop before I can move. I'm holding my breath and he's watching me and I almost got it. But then he says, you better not piss that bed and his voice isn't smiling anymore. So now the air is heavy like a storm coming, pressing me down so hard. I can't move, I can't breathe. My fist goes numb and pee stings my thighs. He grabs me by my jammy shirt, yanks open the door so hard it bounces, rolls back, smacks my arm on the way down to the pavement. My feet don't touch the ground before my knees, my hands still trying to catch the hot stream, steaming in the cold air, tuck my chin in in time to save my face, but not my head. Damn it, he yells, God damn it all to hell, clang the thunder bucket, clang again, it skids across the empty parking lot, stops in the gutter. Now get up and use it, you hear me? And shit too if you're going to. Don't come back in here, in, in here until you're done. The door slams shut, pounding in high, inside, his Hulk voice roaring, not even words. I hold myself tight until it's quiet, and then quick, scoot over to the side of the van, peel off my wet bottoms, squat just in time to poop. I don't want my thighs to touch, red and burning, still chapped from last time. The rim's getting cold in my butt by the time the door slides open. Dad steps out beside me, but I keep my chin down. 
his boots are wearing out at the toes, so the metal shows. He sits down so heavy, the van shifts, leans on his elbows, onto his knees, bends his head way down to my face. I can feel he's not mad as, I can feel he's not mad anymore, but I sure as hell am, so I'm not going to look back at him. Do you need this? He holds out a roll of tape, toilet paper. I do need it, so I take it, but I'm not going to say thank you. Instead, I tear off a piece and pat my forehead where I scraped it. I'm hoping it'll be soaked with blood, but it's hardly even pink. But even so, I make a face like it's a lot worse than that. I tear off a whole bunch more to wipe, way more than I should because we can't waste stuff, but too bad, I don't care. And I glare at him so hard, he doesn't say a word about it, so I know I won. And I leave my wet bottoms and my bowl of poop, and I get back in the van, and I leave him there to clean it up by himself. I want to slam the goddamn door, but I don't. I didn't win that much. That's Elaine Paniton. Let's give her another And you just heard... Uh song by Roger Dory and uh, then a prose reading by Elaine uh, Peniton in the first round, uh, first session of the monthly And the Journey Continues open mic reading series now held at the Elm Cafe and again done it now in the round. So up next in it, you're going to hear readings by Paul Chaput, uh, Devin G.A. and L.J. Weisberg. And as we bring up Paul Chaput. using your references, maybe undoing the same, abusing the notepad full of mental recession, recession that turned into a deep devotion, found myself in the side of a mess of laundry. I didn't wish to rise back up, but now I must clean the fruitfulness of chaos all around me. I don't get up, but want, like Tech-9, to make waves. 
you get to see something new because Joyner Lucas says you haven't seen my boat. Sitting at home, what did I stop by not speaking, if not my own amusement? Like lines pacing, writing up the main plot, but forgot the dialogue. It didn't stop the, the guilt of others unbecoming, so I edit my work with a friend. An attempt at an A1 foundation comes to an end, but a G2 foundation might evolve us, unless cars drive themselves. While my loved ones go to other places, different cities, then while I must enter a new one, I don't look back to tell others what I learned. My word isn't taken. Just because I run with other spe spectators doesn't mean I am truly provoked. Forgetting the end game was never the plan. I just entered phase four. If I respect you, do you flake on me? Oh, I know, you simply ignore my calls. Irrespective of this setting, I become a landscaper, turn Cypress Hill into a mountain, enter a class with a literal bucket of fucks and hand them out for free, make things feel long as the mind stalls any semblance of mortality. Infinity War is over. Now we're on endgame to the giving of this bucket's contents. The laughing stock of modern morality comes in and runs like the diarrhea it is. That's why we gonna be outright in this political war. Still I drown in clouded moonlight, dreaming as it were. Can I will the words on the page as my hand grows tired? A few drops from the sky hit the page. I curse the moonlight and say, I want you more than you know, but like you less than you think. The moon on a clear night. If loving you is complicated, then I would have no energy to use the inspiration. The word was impotence, a temporary curse I now use. You gave it to me, and my only regret is that I can't give it back to a woman who never earned that label. Devin G.A., and as we give him another hand, let's bring up L.J. Weisberg. Teachers that indulged my creativity, but not my masculinity. The day I said goodbye to the girl, she begged me not to go. She said she could be almost everything we'd ever hoped for, even if she never quite completed me. She said that we shared too much together to ever move away from each other like old houses separating stone from mortar. She said she was fundamental to my broadening shoulders, that to fit my growing frame, I must be smaller, but to be liked, I must be quiet, soundless, cloistered. Even now, like losing an old friend because one of you couldn't figure out how to truly understand the other, the day I said goodbye to the girl, I questioned everything I had ever stood for. Still unsure if it was 
social constructs blocking my way ahead or her. Binary ways cut between reality and interface with memories of who I am and who I wish to be. I still wish to be. A slim, supple body with ruined empathy towards masculinity, but presently presenting as handsome, not pretty. I try desperately not to become the very men who hurt me, breast or bruised from those who try to touch and or uphold my unwanted body like the boy in the bedroom. I was asking please, not asking for one more touch, even as disgust ruptured my throat, my lungs screaming mercy as he reached for me. My presentation is not a choice. It protects me. Only, sometimes I think it's not about my gender identity at all. It's about the little girl trapped deep inside my body who is still 12 years old and uncertain. There's the boy who she thought was her friend, reaches for parts of her she didn't know existed. Thank you. That was out, Jay Weisberg. Let's give them another hand as we. And you just heard readings by Paul Shapu, Devin G.A., and L.J. Weisberg in the first half of the monthly August 6th, I always got to think back, August 6th, uh, and the journey continues, monthly reading series, uh, now held at the Yum Cafe. Open mic and done in the round, and up next in it, you'll hear readings by Ken Chin, Tia Lun, Jenny Marshall, and Karen Rudy. Bring up Ken Chin. Doppelganger. He's incompetent and an egomaniac. Before coming into power, with his crude speeches, tacky rallies, many of his opponents dismiss him as a joke. One magazine editor called him a pathetic dunderhead. Another wrote that his party was a society of incompetence. The country's conservative elite helped him into power. They thought he could be controlled. The man himself was really bad at running a government. Officials had no idea what he wanted them to do. Nobody was entirely sure of who was in charge of what. Instead of running the state, most of the time was spent infighting and backstabbing each other. His own press chief stated that he produced the biggest confusion in government that has ever existed in a civilized state. To other nations, it was an absolute clown show. He hated to read paperwork and regularly made, regularly made important decisions without looking at documents. Deeply insecure about his own lack of knowledge, he preferred to ignore information that contradicted his own preconceptions. Or he would lash out at the expertise of others. He would rage like a tiger if anyone corrected him. He was obsessed with the media and celebrity, and once spoke to a friend that he believed that his life was the greatest novel in world histories. These are some of the personal failings Adolf Hitler. If anyone thought that I was describing Donald Trump and the Trump administration, then I think you get my point. Both Hitler and Trump were highly underestimated. Both men, however, had an uncanny instinct for political rhetoric that would gain mass appeal. 
neither men show great intelligence, which is why they were able to do what they did. Throughout history, when something terrible happens, we assume that there must be an evil genius behind it. But history proves that is not so. Many of the worst man-made events were the product of narcissistic lunatics put into power by the rich and elite who thought that they could be controlled. When the Republicans put Trump in power, were they so desperate that they were willing to gamble on this Hollywood sideshow? Well, they created this monster. Now we will see how far this disaster takes, this, this disaster goes. And if the United States of America could pull this one through without self-destructing, or take the rest of the world down, like the earlier doppelganger in Germany. Thank you. Well, that's Ken Chen. As we give him another hand, let's bring up Tia Lun. Set you free. 
Marshall. Let's give her another hand as we bring up Karen Rudy. Kenshin, Tialun, Jenny Marshall, and Karen Rudy in the first half of the monthly And the Journey Continues open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe and uh, as you've caught on, now done in the round. So up next, and there will be the final readings from that first uh, first half of the event and also will be the final readings I air in this hour uh, but you're going to hear readings by Joshua Schiff Chris Carney Eric Folsom and uh, myself Joshua Schiff Every time we ring the bell it is a reminder of our brothers and sisters who have felt. We press on regardless, knowing that we may end up joining them as well one day. Adrenaline surges as we open the door, my family behind me entering par four, kneeling to the floor. Crawling below the smoke-filled rooms, searching for life as the fire consumes. We listen, not to the voice of fear, but focus on the cries of help we hear. We pray, the voices do not turn to screams of searing pain and agony. As the temperature rises, we keep pressing forward with no idea what danger we head toward. Heart racing, pacing air, company drawing near. As we see a barely conscious body appear, rescuing, dragging the body of a helpless child as the fire is still burning wild. Screams of a crying mother and a father echo into the house from outside. We pray this little one is still alive. To be a firefighter is about more than our strength and pride. It's about our desire to be selfless so others may have confidence in us, their life to confide. Years later. Happily retired now, relaxing on the couch. As the doorbell rings, wife answers the door with an unusual greeting. Welcome, come in. Hello, ma'am. We are with the fire department, doing door-to-door -door checks, ensuring you're safe with fire alarm and CO detects. Recognizing and hearing that brothers and sisters have come to the door, I stand up to place a voice to face. 
Chills strolled down, strolled down my body as tears filled eyes, as flashbacks of a child who was barely alive. Standing before me as an adult now, they smile at me, knowing our connection, saying, hello, Captain. Nice to see you again. Joshua Schiff, and as we give him another hand, let's bring up Eric Folsom. qu'il avait alors, prétendu découdre et moi-même je le découdre pour autrement recoudre soit ou le foudre n'a jamais été secours que je puisse ouvrage les sauvages dentelles de l'interminable tissu apprivoiser enfin cet ange dont les ailes imitent l'ombre de poursuivre In the time when the verb pretended to unstitch while I pulled upon the loose thread so that I could reweave a silk garment so rich it would strike like a blow to the head, I've managed to fashion a wild fractal lace out of the infinite fabric, foreshadowing the angelic wings and fair face of the hunchback's image tragic. Folsom, let's give him another hand. Raven Adamson, let's bring her up. Okay. <clears throat> Trump is all right. All right, all right, okay, okay, okay. I said Trump is all right. Therefore, he is okay. Ban those Muslims and grab that pussy. Trump just thinks rapists and criminals should face the death penalty. The American death penalty is white supremacy. Don't you know who the people are? He didn't call them animals. He just meant they were acting like animals. Infestations of people or invasions of people. They are not people when we put them in the context of rodents and insects. And as such, they can and must be exterminated. Them and theirs and those don't belong around the real people, the superior, the white ones, the only good ones. We've got to get these wild animals, these infestations back. Send her back, go back to where you, they came from. They, those must be dead or gone. Must be dead and not just gone. Because if they just leave, there's always a chance of them coming back. You can only live in certainty of superiority if they are dead, not just gone. Those lone gunmen are not alone in their thinking. 
And they are not just sick, they are seduced and supported and baited with sanctity in their perceived superiority. The world's largest news organizations owned and by undeniable xenophobes and racists who prop up hatred with imagery and verbal assaults on those who are denied a voice on their platforms. These lone gunmen are not alone. They have Trump, who's all right. He says it's okay to be all right. In fact, being all right is the only way to be okay. These gunmen spew their manifestos, words that were offered up to them. They took the bait and do the bidding of those more powerful than them. Divide and conquer the difference, make the real people one and the same without any deviation. Though diversity is strength and wellness in Mother Nature, people cannot diversify. We must inbreed the real people, the white people, the only people, one nation, one people, no differences, no dissent. Order without chaos, destroy the difference. Uniform and sameness, stop the difference and changes and progression towards evolution. Stop thinking for yourself. Join the white race, be on the right side of history. The alt-right, be extreme and, and inbreed. Don't pro progress and expand and strengthen human DNA. Go against the laws of nature. Go against the power in mixing and integrating and sharing and empowering. Join the hive mind and live to die and live to die instead of living to create and evolve. Inbreed and just live to die. This is the promise of the alt-right. Sorry. <laughs> Raven Adamson, let's give her another hand. Is there anybody else who came in? And you want to read? Perfect. I am so fucking happy for you. Seriously, you passed away peacefully at home, surrounded by your loved ones. Look at this beautiful life you had built. There's a crackhead in the city. He died behind a dumpster last night, all alone, drowning in his own vomit. But here's a little secret. He's just as dead as you. Chris, let's give him another hand. And if there's anybody else, we'll just, I'm planning, I'm going to read a short poem and then we're going to take a break and I'll just put you first, whoever, in case anybody else came. How's that? I was at City Park and maybe this happens more often than I realize, but. It struck me as kind of just perfect on so many levels. And uh, here we go. Title of this is Big Yellow Bus. Perhaps more honesty than economy and without a limoed pretentiousness, a big yellow school bus approaches sheet of white paper, typing paper taped to the bottom of the front window near the door. 
and written with bold black marker, letters large enough for those even 10 feet away to see, simply these words, Macmillan Wedding Party. Thanks. And you just heard readings by Joshua Schiff, uh, Eric Folsom, Raven Adamson, Chris Carney, and myself in the first half of the August 6th, and the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading held in that series at the Elm Cafe and now done in the round. So tell you what, uh, I probably should do this and then I'll be right back. I mean, if there's a listener-supported radio station, it means that people can get daily, every day, a different way of looking at the world, not just what the corporate media want you to see, but a different picture, a different understanding, but a different picture, a different understanding. Not only can you hear it, but you can participate in it. You can add your own thoughts, you know, and you can learn something and so on. Well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way, uh, well, that's the way uh, people become uh, human, you know. That's the way you become human participants in a, in a social and political system. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. I'm David Suzuki. The average lunch or dinner travels 2,400 kilometers to get to your table. Eating local means combating global warming. The future is on your table. Eat your way to a healthier planet. Find out how at davidsuzuki.org. Folk Everything is your passport to the finest in folk music. Old, new, and everything in between. The wonderful, the wild, and the weird. Walk quietly by... He won't bother you He's a busy man He's got things to do It's all here Saturdays from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Folk Everything with Hugh on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. Uh, we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. I do have time to share a few events in this hour, and there are a lot coming up, so I'm going to jump on that fairly quickly. I don't think I have quite as much time in the second hour, but uh, we'll see uh, how far we can get through this. Uh, before I get into those though i do want to first say thanks for tuning into the first hour and hope you can stay tuned to the second hour as we move into the second hour of that same event and you're going to hear a few new voices but also uh several in fact a whole bunch of the same voices all over again 
in the second hour, in the second half of that um, open mic reading. And uh, I always like to include, uh, at least near the end of each hour, that uh, the blog space, these are saved to, all the sh- uh, all my shows are saved to. As soon as I get home, we'll remain there about four years at Finding a Voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. And let's go ahead and jump into a few events. Uh, the one con- There's one coming up tomorrow. Uh, it is our fourth year connecting with the annual Global 100,000 Poets for Change event. Their mission uh, and poetry is designed to loosely... Uh, at least a loose interpretation of the event's uh, uh, mission of creating awareness of social action, injustice, inequality, peace, and environmental issues and sustainability, and also uh, love as well. So uh, this uh, free event will feature two dozen poetry readings and four musical acts. Uh, we are we always support uh, a deserving agency or agencies uh, each year in these, and this year uh, we will have uh, donation boxes out for a loving spoonful and the spire itself. Uh, It is an afternoon and evening session, happens tomorrow, begins at 1, and the afternoon session runs till 5. Evening session runs from 6.30 to 10. Uh, Two musical acts in each session, and then about a dozen or so more or less poets in uh, each of the sessions. It's going to be held at the Spire, 82 Sydenham Street, here in Kingston, on the corner of Sydenham and William. Uh, There is a Facebook event notice for it. Uh, Just type in 100,000 Poets for Change Kingston. That should pull you into that. There's a lot more information and a full list of the poets and musicians there. Uh, Kingston Frontenac Live Speakers Series uh, has an event tomorrow as well, I believe, yes. Uh, Theirs is tomorrow, September 21st, 2 p.m. This is held at the Isabel Turner Branch, uh, 935 Gardner's Road. Uh, Amateur astronomer Frank Hitchens will share stories about Apollo 11 and the first lunar landing in his presentation called Apollo 11, The Quest for the Moon, is a free event. Uh, Should... uh, have probably by now registered, but you can probably still do that tomorrow morning. Uh, but uh, just go to www.kfpl.ca, and uh, you should have all the information there. And also tomorrow and Sunday, the Purdy A-Frame, uh, second annual public open house, uh, they will be holding that. So I believe there's uh, there's a Facebook event page for that as well. Uh, but you can also get more information uh, at the Purdy website. It's www.lpurdy, and that's P-U-R-D-Y dot C-A. And uh, let's see, we had another event tomorrow, but it doesn't look like, oh, I should mention the Al Purdy A-frame. I think I said it at the start. It runs both days, um, Saturday and Sunday, so September 21st and 22nd. The thing I don't think I said, though, uh, told you, was the time. So it's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. There is an event coming up Thursday, September 26th. And it's called the ACFOMI. And they're presenting the second talk in a 
very extensive, long series. Uh, the one that is uh, happening on uh, Thursday, September 26th, from 6.30 to 8.30. Yeah, there will be 6.30 to 8.30. There's also a panel discussion from 7 to 8. So looks like doors and other things are open, 6.30 to 8.30. This is going to be, again, at the Kingston Frontenac Public Library Central Branch, which is at 130 Johnson Street. The ACFOMI, if I can just uh, put that acronym or pronounce that acronym altogether, is presenting a new series called One City, Two Realities, uh, discussions between Anglos and Francos after 50 years of the Official Languages Acts that relates to the promotion of linguistic duality and the enhancement of it. The speaker series will run from September 2019 to March 2021. Uh, the full schedule is, uh says on their link below. Yeah, and I have that. So www.acfomi.ca. The second talk is about Canadian literature and poetry, Anglophone versus Francophone. We'll feature Eric Folsom, who you just heard read a few minutes ago, and Bianca Cote, uh, moderated by Johan Bernard. I think I said those names correctly. It only proves their point if I didn't, so... There you go. Uh, the Then coming up on Wednesday, September 25th, it runs through Sunday, September 29th. Uh, festival program and tickets are now live. In fact, some events are starting to sell out. So uh, it's Kingston Writers Fest 2019 uh, going to be held at the Holiday Inn for the most part. That's where their box office is. That's where you would probably need to go. Uh, even if that was an off-site event, but uh, there's more information online, www.kingstonwritersfest.ca. They have a, their brochures are incredible uh, every year, uh, but uh, they also have the same information online on that website I just gave you, and they have an events page, an author page, and uh, you can get tickets available through the Grand Theater online only at the Grand Theater box office, in person at 218 Princess Street, or by phone at 613-530-2050. You will be able to also get them on site once it starts, uh, so I should mention that as well. And uh, not a fan of self-promotion for the most part, but this is bigger than that. It's, uh, and uh, it's going to be a free film screening event at Kingston Writers Fest. It's also part of Culture Days. And it's a screening of the film, Who is Bruce Kaufman? Uh, co-presentation of Kingston Writers Fest and Gallatin Park Arts Festival, supported by Queen's Archives, and will be offered as a free event as part of the 2019 Culture Days. Uh, more than simply the title suggests, this film, a collaboration of a number of poets, filmmakers, and others, features several poets' vignettes, interpretations, interviews, and landscapes highlighting Kingston's vibrant poetry scene. I will be doing a talk back with the Kingston poet, uh, led by, I should say, Kingston poet laureate uh, Jason Haru, uh, following the screening. 
Uh, the event is also sponsored by the Screening Room. Will happen this coming Friday, September 27th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Screening Room. I think everybody knows where that is, but if you don't, it's at 120 Princess Street. And I've got a few more events, but I've run out of hour this hour, so I will do that as as we start to close out the second hour today. So it is now, what is it? It's almost 40 seconds past uh, 5 o'clock on my clock here. You're listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And coming up in the second hour, you're going to hear in this order from the same August 6th, the reading at the end, the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. Readings by Madeline Eiler, John Rose, Kinman, Sarah Emtage, Sasha Hill, and Graham, Beth Marie Mahouska, Corey Toke, Elaine Paniton, Devin G.A., Al J. Weisberg, Ken Chin, Tia Lunn, Joshua Schiff, Chris Carney, Eric Folsom, and, and myself. And, as always, the hourly announcement that occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So as I pull up my list here in this first hour uh, today, I began airing the full evening of the August 6th readings in the uh, monthly And the Journey Continues open mic monthly reading series. Uh, done now in the round, and that's how the... Uh, they're presented in groups of three or four for the most part, sometimes a few more, sometimes one less. So, which is the case up first, here are Madeline Eiler and John Rose. Yep. So, let's first bring up Madeline Eiler. quite a while and it's just kind of strange walking in and then being the first one up but uh, thank you for the nice welcome uh, this poem is called the lake at the edge of the lake the water is licking the ground licking 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 the earth wears away the asphalt pathway crumbles and heaves the water washes over reaching further and yet further, licking, licking, washing. This lake, Lake Ontario, is rising up, expanding. Water touching places it has never touched before. Licking, licking, tasting, licking, wearing away, eating away, washing over water, reclaiming the land it is no longer able to stand, but must give way to the lake's demands. Licking, licking, nearby, the two-legged ones are walking by, laughing, chatting. They cheerfully ignore the signs that say, due to high water levels, this path is closed. 
they pay no attention to the lapping on the shore, the rising of the water. They're thinking about what to make for dinner, the problems at work, the boy not doing well in math, licking the lake, lies in wait. For too long, these same humans have poisoned the earth, polluted the sky, dumped their trash everywhere, never asking why, thrown their weight around, destroyed animal habitats, rivers, lakes, plains, forests, grasslands, jungles, contaminated the earth, polluted the sky, never asking why, poisoned the oceans, the rivers, the lakes, and now, now the lake is lying in wait. It won't be long now. Licking, licking, creeping. The time is short. The people walk by, the ones who polluted the sky, the earth, the rivers, the lakes. Licking, licking. They do not hear the sound of the lake that is lying in wait with its waters lap, lap, lapping at the shore. Its menace is here now, waiting, even right at the door, listening, waiting. They laugh, they walk by, ignoring the sound, ignoring everything that is all around. They did not care, they did not hear the screams of the animals fleeing as fire ravaged their forest home. The crashing hundred-year-old trees, the birds shrieking overhead, the raucous cry of indignant crows, licking, licking, reaching, grabbing, they paid no attention to the swooshing sound in Arctic waters as the last polar bear sank into the sea. No more ice on which to walk, licking, surrounding. They could not hear the silence of the land, once a rainforest teeming with life, now raised to the ground. They could not hear it above the roar of the cars as they sped down the eight-lane highway, eating the burgers made from the cows which roamed the land that once was a rainforest teeming with life. Licking, licking, invading. They did not hear, they did not see, they did not care. Caught up in their greed machine, always wanting more, buying, buying. We need more stuff, more, always more. Bigger, better, newer, it can't be fixed, throw it out, get another bigger, better, newer, faster. They erected their temples to their god, the god of the greed machine. The plants, factories, warehouses, stores, malls, so they could always get their stuff bigger, better, faster, and still faster. They paid homage to their god and built tall buildings higher and yet higher, banks, trade centers, hotels, offices, financial institutions, corporate towers, so high they scraped the sky, never asking why, all worshiping the powers of the god of the greed machine licking, listening, readying, threatening. The icebergs are melting. The earth is contorting. Volcanoes erupting. The sands of time are shifting. The lake is lick, lick, licking the shore. Soon it will be no more. Soon the lake, like a lion, will roar, rushing, pounding, surrounding, devouring. The thunder will rage, the mountains will heave, rivers, streams, oceans will swell and join with the lakes. Waves will come plundering, smashing houses, schools, office towers, factories, churches. All will come crashing down. At the edge of the lake, the water is licking the ground, licking, licking, licking. You see how it begins. Humankind paying for our sins, Mother Earth, so nourishing, no longer flourishing. Enough is enough. The beast lying in wait at the bottom of the lake will finally be loosed on the ones who destroy. A cleansing is needed. It will finally be conceded. Time has run out. 
the waters will rise, we will meet our demise. The waves are lap, lap, lapping on the shore, waiting, waiting, waiting until we are no more. springtime wakes up the juices, cuts all the nooses where the sun produces. Ghosts don't haunt the deathly deliver. The sound of your voice kind of makes me shiver. Your words on me like a virtual fire. The past is fleeting and I can't shake desire. My main man said it best, Winini. Love never dies and that's worth repeating. An embrace with the face of the deep blue sea and your waves reach out and pull at my feet. Your eyes in my mind locked onto my level, telling me your life like we both know the devil. Calling it baggage don't do it justice. Catch me in my pains and speak it with a fluster. Thanks. John Rose, give him another hand as we bring. And you just heard readings by Madeline Eiler, John Rose, and this was in the second half of the monthly and the journey continues open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Again, this was on August 6th. And uh, probably shouldn't have to keep saying this. I think it's obvious at this point, but the readings there are now done in the round, and there you go. I'm not going to say it again for the rest of the hour. So I think you get the drill. Up next, you're going to hear Kinman, Sarah Emtish, and Sasha Hill. Kinman. just 49, but I believe I may need to explain a few things. Um, I'm not a young guy, so I start back to mind things that are 40, 50 years ago. Um, none of it's Chinese, remember? So uh, let me just play a few tunes for you in case you want to know who the hell are these people? Well, there are two poets, Li Bao, Li He. Li Bao was mid-century, 8th century, and Li He towards the end of the 8th, beginning of the 9th, Tang Dynasty. Um, they're all pretty well known, all pretty deep in Chinese psyche. Uh, the other thing you're going to hear are some names like Ding Ning, Chen Ming, Wang Man Yu. These are, believe it or not, just ping pong players. Uh, because China right now, to me, 
seem to be all in those players. What they do with themselves, what excellence they reach. And forever in my mind, the Chinese psyche to do whatever they can for the emperor. Both the poets and ping pong players, a different stage of China with that thrust for the emperor. On that note, um, I don't want to sound too nationalistic, but I wish the West would not apply the politics to places like Hong Kong and China without understanding those people who have been there thousands of years working on a different government. There's a saying that has so much wisdom that the West just cannot appreciate. You rule by the mandate of heaven. Doesn't matter, communist, socialist, whenever you've got the right to rule, you do it by the mandate of heaven. Meaning, you're there for my good guys, and if you screw up and somebody else take you down, too bad, you will come with but I will accept the rule. So, it's one other thing, and some inside of it is uh, Tiger Earth is basically a stupid uh, matter of horoscope, you know, 60 divisions in Chinese. I happen to be a Tiger Earth, or whatever it would. Some of the names here are plain Westernian. I think you'll pick up the rest. I'm train a few. Ada is my granddaughter, Maggie is my granddaughter. One, well, Malong is of course the great Chinese ping pong player. I call him the dragon. So let's go. Well, first of all, there's a poetry man that actually lives the life, and then it's me who write the poem. So the poetry man waits differently. His feet in the fan's path. He defecates downstairs, and for breakfast, places an extra cut of cheddar in a piece of multigrain origin. So I scratch out the difference. And poor poet. Being Chinese born and not in China means zilch to me. Reading Li Pao and Li Yi, playing ping pong hard with Ding Ning, listening to Yo Yo Ma. Chen Meng is one like in an army or a soldier's fancy. Grandkid Ada in her moves, so like Wang Man Yu. With a fan and a quick wink, why not Maggie? I know that I'm not Li Bao, nor Ma Long the dragon, but in my way, I, Tiger Earth, have absorbed them. The year I was born to explore and more. In Merle, I fancy a courtly spin. In Eileen's, a spider's, one Creole red, the other olive, with great smiles. Both had my poems written in English. Of the Silk Road, the Yellow River Symphony, I mute. Because race is just an accident. Staying true is all. Thank you. Hey man, let's give him another hand and bring up Sarah Hemptage. Not too far from here, but um, 
um, well, sort of outside of the village. Like, I could walk to the village, maybe. I've never walked that far, but I could could have. Um, so I'm still kind of uh, impressed by all the lights and just how, how many lights there are in town. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is called Watercolor City. The traffic in town is synchronized by a Christmas light network flashing in sequins like sequins, red, green, yellow, and dusk. Relentless rain turns each light into a paint box that drips into drowning gutters, runs its colors down the drain. I am rolling with the rhythm in the quiet of my car, breaking for a beat in ripples running red, easing into motion in the gleaming of the green. Windows and brake lights splash their colors in the mix, and shadows run deep with dark ink. Am I a part of this painting, or did I break in by mistake? Sarah Hemptage, let's give her another hand and bring up Sasha Hill. Third readings by Kinman, Sarah M. Tish, and Sasha Hill in the second half of the August 6th monthly and the journey continues open mic reading in that series and uh, up next in it you'll hear readings by Anne Graham, Beth Marie Michalska, Corey Toke, and Elaine Paniton. Give her another hand, bring up Anne Graham. Expectations. We are full of future expectations, spawned by engrams of past experience, negative or positive, they color our perspective and alter our judgment. This soup of presumptions, teachings, beliefs is the birthplace of hopeful conjecture, our dire predictions and darkest nightmares. This witch's brew should be carefully strained. Consider earnestly your future plans. Confide to your friends and seek assurance. Search for input from authors you trust most and add a help-keeping spoonfuls of hope and self-love. Here's Ann Graham. Let's give her another hand. Bring up Beth Marina and Helska. Thank you, Bruce. Death in Kingston. 
goldfinch on expanse of sidewalk looks in repose, except its claws drawn up tightly as though trying to avoid sudden conclusion. All blinding glass, wall of windows. Just steps away, a caged maple grated in to cement. Wonder is, water finds its way to root. Rushing by to by, person passes bird, walks on, stops, returns, feeling sun, hearing cars, smelling heat, creature like a flower, soft above concrete. Hands find fallen branch, pick up plastic wrapper, smartphone size. Gently ease avian body onto the bed. Place the dead near surviving tree. Thank you. Elizabeth Marie Mayhouska, let's give her another hand and bring up Corey Toke. So best way I can describe this is the result of a sci-fi writer trying poetry. So, Silicon body horror. Just what the world needed. Another techno-fetishist amputating autonomy and calling it progress. Synaptic scarification defacing each neural pathway. The messily subtle subverted into binary. Scrimshot circuits. Welcome to the code. Thank you. Corey. <clears throat> Corey Toke, let's bring up, uh, give him another hand and bring up Elaine Bannington. dead from a heart attack on her kitchen floor, all four of her children came home. Serge, an accountant, handled the estate. José, a nurse, comforted her mother with tea and tissues. Huguette, a nun, prayed for her, and Carole, who had run away at 16 to have a baby, introduced Hélène to her four grandchildren and their father. Hélène had never felt so well-loved. Her 11 brothers and sisters all came too, and the house was full and then one by one, they all left, and Hélène was alone. The house was so quiet she could hear her heart beat. It was loud, certainly louder than it had ever been before, so she called José to come and listen. José came right away and took her to the doctor, who was very kind and assured them that Hélène was fine. Hélène wasn't so sure at all. In the quiet house, she could hear the whooshing of blood in her pulse and ringing in her ears, 
Her eyes twitched, and sometimes she sneezed. She went back to the doctor who gave her some pills. Helen called all of her children and all of her 11 brothers and sisters to let them all know that the doctor had given her some pills and she had a good chance of pulling through. They all seemed to be very relieved. So the next time she went to the doctor, she called them all again. It was the right thing to do. She wouldn't want anyone to worry. Over the years, Helen suffered many mysterious ailments. At first, her children would come straight home, but they all had busy lives, and soon she was alone again. She met many doctors who were very kind and gave her little bottles of pills to keep in her purse. She tried to be discreet with her pills, especially at church or when she visited her children. Don't worry, she would assure everyone as she shook the little pink pill into her trembling hand. My doctors tell me I'll be fine. Helen had begun to notice that people avoided asking her how she was feeling, but she found ways to tell them anyway, just so they wouldn't worry. When Helen turned 75, all her children came home for her birthday. She tried to eat and put on a brave face, but the food wasn't sitting well. She told her children, and they seemed sympathetic. She told her 11 brothers and sisters, and they suggested she try her pills. She went back to her doctor, who told her to try cutting back on caffeine. But Helen insisted on running tests. She knew the names of all of them by heart, and her doctor finally agreed. She was diagnosed with advanced ovarian cancer and given two weeks to live. All her children came home with their families. Her 11 brothers and sisters all came with their families. They comforted her and prayed for her and asked her how she was feeling and listened to her every word. Helen had never felt so well loved. And you just heard uh, readings by Anne Graham, Beth Marie Michalska, Corey Toke, and Elaine Paniton in the August, in the second half, I should say, of the August 6th. And the Journey Continues uh, monthly open mic reading in that series held at the Elm Cafe. Up next in it, I'm just going to double check here and make sure yeah, I have these names right. Up next in it, you're going to hear readings by Devin G.A., L.J. Weisberg, and Ken Chin. The hand bring up uh, Devin G.A. This one is called Necropolistic Mentors. When thinking drains the rivers of bodies, my grave rings like a cowbell, living in a bat cave, waking like I'm undead. The sun won't rise yet, but the time for mourning comes later. These red sheets, white before tonight, sing my funeral and repeat a silent tune. With my mind, I level the playing field using the silverware. It's a fright so magnetic to the eyes, it makes Magneto jealous. The wondrous train of thought rolls off the tracks, driving through men and women. I'm colder than Enceladus, bring war, think peace is ridiculous. The life runs in the skies and falls to the floor. A flock of gulls feed on the on human flesh and the pigs run free. 
the telepathic marksman to be. And I and I'll leave you hanging, skinned from a tree. That was Devin GA, and uh, let's give him another hand and bring up LJ Weisberg. You ask me why I write you into my poetry, if it makes me feel safe from all of my past mistakes, if it's like taking off a mask or putting one on, if it's real or if it's fake. And in the end, I don't want you to be the one that got away, that dark cliche, my Desperate dreams of long-distance romance tying notches in your bed frame, so I say, it keeps me close to you. Even if you're far away, even as you light the wick, trailing up my forearms to an explosion of gore inside my ticking clock heart, you say you do love me. Your hard shell, sad music, wounded animal way. Even as uncompromising loneliness takes a solid grip on your shaking hands and leads you back to him. In the end, he suits you. His age gap slimmer, smaller, his frame slimmer, his art better. His body so much closer, his proximity more romantic than my potential could ever be. Maybe cutting scars in your arms together, you'll find solace in your mutual toxicity. The way young people do each other these days is violent. I'll Snapchat nudes, Riverdale, and sleepless nights, and is our compliments yours like? How could I ever hope to be so visually fluent? When I last talked to you, you were all sharp black hair and razor edges. Body ready to slice me open the moment I embraced it. Like bad coffee, you'd up my dose of dopamine, attach me to your life support, and pull me close till I bled red around the edges. Green eyes electric, not the soft blues of Lake Ontario I remember from days gone by. You don't know when your tongue has been steeped in codeine. Yet the addiction presents itself as slick, cool, hip, because you, forever the rebel, claim you don't like it. You said, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I heard I might still, tipping your tongue with no regrets, but I might kiss a boy in my bedroom without you. Because now that I'm free of your tender clockwise organs, I can. Now that we've just, now that you've decided we're just friends, I can. As if just friends means that I'm not still watching from the crack in the door, from the Pacific Ocean to Lake Ontario, as you spin out, slow motion, falling. In the end, it's just exhausting. In the end, I realize I don't write my poetry for you. Let's give them another hand as we bring up Ken Chin.
anyone who knows me knows that I travel a lot. And this is about one of the most uh, unique places I've ever been. It's called Island of Blondes. A sandbar in the North Sea. Fine beach sand for miles without end. Tiny hamlet in a sea of sand. Storybook houses and cobblestone streets from a time before industry. No cars or motor vehicles around here. No mechanized monster to, to spoil the scenery. Bicycles have taken over the island. The mode of transport of choice by the hundreds everywhere. Not a single bicycle is ever locked down. Take a bike, use it, and leave it. There's always one around. You can't steal a bike. This is an island with only one bike rental shop in town. Vilan is known for camping on the beach, but most noticeable are the people. Milky white skinned and pale blue eyes, and almost all the islanders are blonde. So when they see the likes of me, dark skinned with long straight jet black hair, don't know what they think of me. But when I walked through the crowd down the main drag, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. <laughs> Seriously, when you, have you ever walked down a street and every suddenly just went, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. Curious eyes on me all the time, but always kept their distance. Was it out of fear or a cultural thing? I can't tell. So it was me alone in my tent, camping by myself on the beach, surrounded by a tent of other campers as far as eyes could see. Camping in Canada, your next door neighbor's probably a bear, or if it's a human being, it's probably miles away. In Europe, when you camp, the next tent, if it's Bruce's distance, it would be far. It's more like here. That's how far your next tent is. So close to the heart of the old world, yet so isolated, this island off the coast. More blondes here than her Scandinavian neighbors. More beach sand and hot sun than I expect to see. I stayed a few weeks enjoying the sun and sand if not company, then back to the continent, away from the serenity of this island of blondes in the North Sea. Thank you. Ten chins, give him another hand. And you just heard readings by Devin G.A., L.J. Weisberg, and Ken Chin in the second half of the August 6th and the Journey Continues monthly reading in that open mic series held at the Elm Cafe. Up next uh, in it, uh, here you'll hear readings by Tia Lunn, Joshua Schiff, and Chris Carney. And bring up Tia Lunn. draft of a poem called One Day. If you came up to me and asked me right now, I couldn't lie. Of course you've been on my mind today. You could not be on my mind today. My palm gets itchy every time I imagine your hand sliding into mine, you sliding up behind me just to say hi. I should stop writing about you. I guess it's just too easy. I hope it gets harder one day. I half wish I weren't so lonely, half wish I were really alone. I imagine you and me in an alley around here, 
stabbing me, knifing me in the stomach, twisting your wrist real sharp, teeth grit. I imagine falling all the way to Current River, all the way to my knees, knuckles of my cold, dead fingers scraping against the slate where we sat, where we sat on our first date, where I first held your hand, where we laughed at the thought of passing cars thinking we were straight. I imagine one day I'll ask you to obliterate it's possible I'll never see you again. I'll keep looking over my shoulder, though. You're here somewhere. It's Tia Lund. Give them another hand and bring up Joshua Schiff. Advice for a young soul. A starlit sky is seen by the human eye, but the light between the stars is actually a traffic of souls passing by. This is a story of a young soul, beginning life, passing by other souls, some of young and some of old, before each one's destinies unfold. Soul one. Not all of us are as lucky as you to be actually born and see life through. My life was over before it began to start, before my very being could even develop a heart. Soul two. You will find all anyone talks about is wealth. Life's competition is how to act and be like someone else. If you can stand how it feels to be judged for being real, you will make it further than me, for I lost myself and my dignity. Soul three. Dear young one, may I offer you some advice from one who has experienced and lived their life. Times are changing and they're not changing slow, so here are some things you will need to know. As you start your life and grow, Enjoy every moment in memory you will hold. Remember, those who have touched your heart, they are the ones who will keep you from falling apart. Never give up on the dreams you dream. You will give, they will give you passion and meaning. Young one, give it all you have in your life because you only get one chance to live your life right. That was Joshua Schiff. Let's give him another hand as we bring up Chris Kearney. Is that another untitled poem? Don't you go chasing that green money man. What can he give you? More? 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 No, no, no. I just want enough. I swear it, I swear it. Enough for what? Ah yes, I get it now. Just enough for more. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give it up for Chris, Carney, and... Just heard readings by Tia Lund, Joshua Shift, and Chris Carney, 
in the second half of the August 6th. And the journey continues, monthly open mic reading in that series. And uh, up next, uh, you're going to hear the final readings of that night. Uh, Eric Folsom, Ken Mann, and myself. Bring up, because I forgot, and I looked right, I went right over his name. Let's bring up Eric Folsom. bad words in here. Uh, this is your trigger warning. Uh, there are homophobic situations. And, um, and a note on forum. It, um, this poem sort of shifts in and out of and rhyme in regular form. That's intentional. On public property. What are you looking at, faggot? The disheveled young man on my right proclaimed while I waited for the walking light to change from upraised amber hand to walking man. Despite the snarl, I don't recall even glancing at the volatile, badly dressed homophobe glaring while the girlfriend there in my peripheral vision berated him as she tried to keep him calmed down. The lights delivered me to my disciplined stroll, I sallied out across the big intersection like exodus between the Red Sea's wet walls, steaming at offenses both stolen and given. Causation, forgiveness, could hardly be easy. Each separate person ingesting private fears. What secret harm made this jerk hypervigilant? Unsettled awareness puts accounts in arrears. Looking back to when I was 19 or 20, the sun blazing brightly on a summer's afternoon, I suddenly felt I walked into danger, cutting through a wide open municipal park. A pair of men, unsmiling, eyes sharply focused on my body as if it was theirs by default. Too aggressive to be just be casually cruising. Their stares could have stripped me right down to the skin. Conscious all at once of my long hair and sandals, an androgynous student with a shoulder bag, bare legs and cutoffs, plus a unisex t shirt. Were they judging my gender? Would they call me a fag? I veered off the pavement and onto the grass. The gazes held level and devoured my ass. Attempting to play tough, projecting macho pride, I hunched up my shoulders and I lengthened my stride. Daylight drama played out on public property. In hindsight, I accused them of nothing but looking. They had equally the right to be there as me. Yet intangibly, I felt in some way abused. More sharply aware of my ambiguous side, outed before able to own up to myself, this dual amphibious bisexual nature inserted inside of me, imposed by the stare. 
every unthinking word through fagot and fairy, upending the selfhood our innocence maintained, the vulgar perceptions of unwanted sharp eyes, reinvent us as watchful or cautious. Um, let's give him another hand and bring up Kidman. Just going back to wow, 16 plus years. Um, simple background. First generation Chinese growing up in the West Indies. Well, memories of other Chinese who were there dying most times were doing some things that registered the said king. The poetry man waits to lines crisscrossing crisscrossing on the wall. A fan since last night stiffening him with coal. In mind, thoughts of Chinese in Trinidad. So I scratch out something oriental. Of deaths. There are many of Chinese back home, not that much. Sankong from a damaged liver, Desmond, maybe half. Baku and James, old age and broken dream. In mind, James carrying Mary once on his bicycle in Guangdong. The grandfather and grandmother died. Grandmother in a house, father helped build. My maternal grandfather, before communist, full craze. My fears there since he escaped, the Japanese threats. All age, except a convicted mother. She hung in royal jail, asking to death with children. Grace, long after the family was evicted, after she buried Lao Dai, overwhelmed with deaths. Here I sing as a bird in a cage, 14 lines and by who I am and who with those now gone and still strong with me. Um, so I have to note that yeah, my poetry is carrying me way, way, way back. And I'm afraid uh, this might be my last uh, jury session for a while. Um, I could be found. I publish my poems almost daily on Facebook. That's what my friends get hold of. If you care to, let's check it out. Have a great day. Let's give Kinman another hand and thank you, Kinman, for the time you have been here. We'll miss you. Ten years. Yeah. So let's give him another hand. And before I read a final short poem, we've heard some wonderful poetry and prose here tonight. Give yourselves and everybody else a hand. And Katie, one more time.
promise you it took me longer to find the poem than it will take me to read it. It's that short. It's called Remnant. Ink on hand and fingers after a session of poetry writing becomes both birthmark and scar. Thanks. And you just heard readings by Eric Folsom, Kinman, and myself in the second half of the August 6th. And the Journey Continues open mic reading in that monthly series, now held at the Elm Cafe. Tell you what, I should probably uh, do this, and I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Sit, sit back, relax, listen to some hip-hop with the premium plus. Non-stop rockin' till it's time to go. The DJ professional rockin' the show. The fantastic. Dollar bill every Friday night. 9 p.m. Sit back, relax, listen to some hip hop on the premium plus show. Friday, whatever the ground is hot. Remember the party time starts at nine and doesn't end until ten. I'm David Suzuki. Cut your heat and energy use by 10% and you'll be making a real difference combating global warming. The future is in your hands. Shrink your footprint, grow your wallet, cool the planet. Find out how at davidsuzuki.org. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. Since 1922, CFRC Radio has been the campus and community radio station for Queens and Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is both listener-supported and listener-created radio, bringing both music and spoken word content to our community on 101.9 FM and around the world on cfrc.ca. Support locally created media. Learn more at cfrc.ca. And uh, welcome back. Uh you're listening to, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put some music on this afternoon and uh, to take the show out of here and warm up. I let the next uh, DJ get ready for his show at 6 o'clock. So instead of just telling you what, who, what you're listening to, I'm going to thank you for tuning in today. And I, then I can say you have been listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And I hope you can tune in next week. I think I will be airing... Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be airing uh, some book launch 
readings next week. I can tell you too. I'm part of the. I'm play that uh, that uh, because the film airs right during this time next week. I'm going to do a pre-record, so I won't be here. One of the few times I'm not here every week. So again, too, I want to plug the Kingston Writers Fest. It's five days of uh, what is it? I think like seventy. Uh, 70 authors in 50 events uh, going on over the course of five days from Wednesday through Sunday next week. So I hope uh, you can catch part of some of that, whatever's in interest you. Again, uh, www.kingstonwritersfest.ca. So again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned for two hours of East Coast Music with Rob Carnell coming right up at the top of the hour to take us there i've got uh, neil young and crazy horse again song called thresher
nothing left to find. They were lost in rock formations or became park bench mutations on the sidewalks and in the stations. They were waiting, waiting. So I got bored and left them there. They were just dead weight to me. Better down the road without that load. Brings back the time when I was eight or nine. I was watching my mama's TV. It was that great Grand Canyon rescue episode. Where the vulture glides descending on an asphalt highway. Kingston's Writers Fest is back once again, and tickets are now on sale. Kingston's Writers Festival. Down the windy halls of friendship, to the rose clipped by the bullwhip, the motel of lost companions waits with heated pool and bar. But me, I'm not stopping there. Got my own road left to hold. Just another line in the field of time When the thrasher comes I'll be stuck in the sun Like the dinosaurs in shrines But I'll know the time has come To give what's mine 